Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Drinks and Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, we were on vacation last week. We were at the beach. It was warm. It was tropical. We had a a lot of really tasty drinks, but now we're back and we are in the thick of holiday movie month. Did you get your house decorated? Are you ready to go? I did get my house decorated and I am ready to go. I got my insane tree and I have a funny story. So I don't know. Do you guys have traditions about what you listen to or what you watch while you're putting up your Christmas tree? Yes, I listen to my wife tells me to go and get decorations from the attic while she's putting up the tree. Uh, basically, no, we uh, yeah, we'll always put on kind of the same kind of things. We'll uh, usually listen to some tunes. We usually watch like Elf at some point during that day that we're doing the decorating. Uh, usually Muppet Christmas Carol gets played sometime during that day. So uh, so yeah, we have our our staples, I guess, that we get into while we're trimming the tree. So yeah. uh, what about what about you? You, ha- you have a, a controversial pick for your I do. Uh, tree trimming movie. I do. So growing up, uh, we always kind of had to rate the Christmas movies. And I was the one who was always putting the tree together. And I was, I don't know, in my teens. So I would put on Die Hard while I was trimming our tree. Now, Die Hard's kind of a long movie. It's about two and a half hours. And so it mm-hmm. was always a sure bet that by the time the movie was finished, the tree would be done, right? And all the indoor decorations would kind of be out and about. Um, mm-hmm. It is a little controversial because someone uh, in this podcast hosting party doesn't think that that's a Christmas movie. That's that's true. I take my cue from Bruce Willis, who was in the film, who also says it wasn't a Christmas movie. Uh, also, Die Hard, it came out in like June or something like that. So you wouldn't have even been able to see Die Hard around Christmas time for at least like the first 18 months it existed because it wouldn't have been out on video yet. So I'm saying no, Die Hard, not a Christmas movie. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm in the minority. I'm uh, I'm 50 percent of the podcast. So I think that my vote counts for for half. So yeah. we'll just have to, we'll have to declare it a tie. We'll have to let the listeners weigh in on whether they think it's a Christmas film or not. Yes. So it's really important. Okay. Everybody, uh, please uh, write in and let us know what your thoughts are around Die Hard. One thing is very sure. Uh, and that is really not up for debate is that Die Hard, not for kids, right? Not for kids. And I <laughs> not for don't kids. know yeah. why the, the, the last five years, My son has been part of the decorating process, but he's never really tuned into the movie when he's really young. Like we'd put him down for a nap and we'd, you know, do the decorating and then he'd come out and see it and it'd be really cool. But this year he was really into decorating. He wanted to be there for all the ornaments. And I don't Mm -hmm. know what I was thinking. It was not a great parent moment. So we started to watch Die Hard and then I realized, oh yeah, this is got a lot of language there's a lot of violence so yeah we're we we had to change up the tradition uh, a little bit this year and went ahead and 
change things mid-stride. So we're probably going to have to wait 10 more years or so before we get back into that diehard tradition. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I don't get, you know, somebody calling people saying that I, I subjecting my child to some, some awful stuff at Christmas. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. So that, that yeah, was that... not, not a good parenting moment. Uh, take my cue. It's not for kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. You're going to have to come up with a next, a new Christmas uh, tradition for the next decade or so. Um, but you know, if we had some spirits to guide us through all of that, right? You could look at your uh, ghosts of Christmas past, your ghosts of Christmas future. They could give you some guidance on, you know, what you should be watching while you're trimming the tree, you know, give you some good tips, uh, show you the error of your ways and the ways that you need to uh, go about your business to make sure that those family traditions are strong. But Michaela, if we're going to be visited by some Christmas spirits, we're going to need some spirits and a glass because holy moly. We are. And you know, I got the greatest thing. Okay. Um, Especially if we're having what we think is a midlife crisis or a nervous breakdown because we don't believe in spirits. Um, We should probably watch our weight a little bit too. Um, I mean, it's Christmas, right? And so if we're going to do a lot of of spirits, we should probably try and uh, do some sugar-freeness sugar-free that is the way to be and uh hopefully we'll love it so why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about this week's cocktail hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So this week's cocktail comes from madeinaday.com and it's called You'll Love It, which yeah. is interesting because it's Yule is in the Yule log, but it's oh, also yeah. a riff on the movies, uh, the movie of the day, which is Scrooged and mm-hmm. their uh, kind of television motto for the holiday season is you'll love it. Yeah, that's right. You'll love it. And hopefully you'll love this cocktail. So in the film Scrooge, uh, you know, Frank, Bill Murray's character, he drinks like 1400 tab and a Stoli, uh, some Stoli Chania, right? Because that's a good drink, uh, I guess, in the 80s. If you're going to have something fancy, you pull out some tab. Uh, his bar setup is very exquisite. Maybe we'll talk about that in the uh, main movie section. But, you know, they don't make tab anymore, Michaela. It was a victim of 2020. 2020 is the year that just keeps going and ruining everything, basically. So we had, we had to switch it up a little bit. Couldn't, couldn't do tab. So we... Uh, had to go strict uh, Diet Coke. Now, Tab is made by Coca-Cola, so that's fine. I think that's a, that's probably pretty close. So yeah, yeah. Were you um, were you a Tab fan in the eighties? Were you were you big into Tab? I was not. I was not. I remember. Do you remember the NutraSweet commercials where they were like, no. "It makes it taste so good," and people are like drinking drinks <laughs> because it was flavored with NutraSweet. Which is yeah. basically carcinogen in. Yeah, we were we did a lot of know, terrible things in the eighties. Yeah, the eighties <laughs> really the 80s were were no good for anyone. So nope, nope. But uh, no, I didn't do tab. Um, I did do diet coke. One of the things that's worth uh, mentioning as well in this cocktail is we Christmasize it a little bit. Um, yeah. Because Frank he doesn't believe in Christmas, so he literally does like sixteen ounces of vodka and like three drops of tab. 
And mm. like, mm-hmm. you know, because he's in the middle of his Christmas Carol crisis, his hands are all shaky and it's great. Um, we wanted it to actually taste like something other than just vodka. So we added a, a, some cherry aspect to it, which is mm-hmm. nice. It gives it a really nice color. It gives it a nice flavor. So this <laughs> yeah. is in homage to uh, Frank Cross's drink, but it is certainly not the same. So uh, we yeah, did the best yeah. we could. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's right. You'll never make it through the film if you're just drinking Frank Cross's drink. But this one is super simple. Um, and like I said, you could probably uh, whip this up with some stuff you have on hand. Uh, but to put this together, you're just going to need one and a half ounces of some cherry flavored vodka, a half ounce of maraschino cherry juice. Uh, so just the juice out of your little jar of cherries and uh, put that on some ice and then top it off with some Diet Coke. So basically you get a an adult version of a cherry Coke and it was uh, pretty good, Michaela. I was not looking forward to drinking this because I don't really do soda that much and I definitely don't do diet soda. Um, so I was very surprised when I took a drink of this and it was delightful. I loved it. I grew up with cherry Coke. Uh, when, uh, I would go play pool with my dad, we'd go to like a family pool hall where they didn't serve alcohol. So we both would have cherry Cokes and I'd feel real fancy. So this, uh, reminded me of that. It's a beautiful adult version. It wasn't too sweet. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, that cherry vodka is amazing. So there's a couple of different, um, vodkas out there that are doing this. We use 360, which is probably my favorite, um, inexpensive, uh, range of flavored mm-hmm. vodkas, they have, I don't know, 360 degree, like 360 <laughs> types of vodka, um, yeah. flavors of vodka there. They're amazing. That's where I get most of my huckleberry vodka. Um, th- but we used a Bing cherry, which was mm-hmm. nice and bright flavored. Uh, I think the original uh, recipe from uh, madeinaday.com calls for is the three gray goose. Or, no, it's gray it goose the, cherry noir. Is the, is the gray goose. And I think um, we kind of looked into seeing if we could get that one, but it looked like it was like a seasonal thing and they might not always do it. And we, we couldn't find it. So yeah, I think yeah. just any Probably of the, any 2020 of the was not great <laughs> on the supply chain of, uh, their vodka yeah. as well, perhaps. Uh, I don't know, but, yeah. um, they so said everyone the just needs regular vodka. We just, <laughs> they just need vodka. No, no yeah. flavors. Just, just get it out there when pressed, just use vodka. So, um, what would have been neat, I think is if we could have found some Stoli cherry, but they don't make it. So we, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we got creative a little bit and, uh, but I really like this drink. And again, it's really easy and helpful, uh, because it doesn't have a lot of ingredients. You can put it in your back pocket and use it. Um, mm-hmm. if you, if you have diet Coke around and I'm a huge diet Coke drinker, this is something that I could do every week if I wanted to, and it's pretty tasty. So, yeah, that's right. Nice, simple, simple drink to have on a, you know, weeknight if you just want something after dinner or whatever. So yeah, give that one a try and let us know what you think. Or if you like uh, cherry Coke, let us know that. But now, Michaela, we have this, we better, we better have another one like Frank would do uh, because we're getting ready to dive into this week's film, which is Scrooged. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, 
Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Spoiler warning for Scrooged. If you've not yet seen this 1988 classic starring Bill Murray, I feel bad for you because you're missing out on the funniest Christmas movie of all time. But if you have seen it and you want to talk about all the things that make it hilarious, stay tuned because we're going to dive into it right now. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you've not seen it, that's okay. Um, but it's not <laughs> well, really okay. well, well, it's not a, it's not okay according to to Michaela. But I think that it's all right if you've not seen it. But you should go go check it out. Um, if you like a dark Christmas comedy for sure. Um, this one came out in 1988 and it was directed by Richard Donner. And this one stars Bill Murray, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, who's a comedian and has a weird voice, and Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Oh, she's like a national treasure. Gotta love Karen Allen. That's oh. right. Everyone, everyone loves Karen Allen. Uh, so Michaela Scrooge was nominated for an Academy Award, surprisingly uh, enough. Uh, it was nominated for the Best Makeup Academy Award. Uh, didn't win that year. It went to Beetlejuice. Uh, and uh, they have kind of some similar uh, similar makeups going on. But uh, Beetlejuice had just, you know, just more going on. But I... I I can see why it would have gotten nominated. Uh, there's some there's some good stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the scene. So if anybody hasn't seen Scrooge, it's basically a modern day version, as close to modern day today, uh, of the Christmas Carol. Right. So mm-hmm. you have three ghosts visiting a very curmudgeonly person. It's not uh, Scrooge. It's uh, instead it's a guy named Frank Cross and played by Bill Murray. So there's a lot of like death <laughs> so that when marley when the the character that's basically frank's old boss comes to visit he's like totally gross and he's got skin coming off of him and stuff and he's not oh, yeah like and there's a scene where he's uh, telling him he's going to be visited by the three ghosts that's where the makeup i think really did the most for mm-hmm. me because he's got this really nasty arm that he keeps like he grabs frank and is holding him out of this giant uh, high-rise building and he's trying to grab yeah, his arm like, and it's like like through the window and, and it's ripping out yeah. yeah yeah i think it's i think it's that one yeah particular character that probably got them uh that academy award nomination but yeah like you said this is kind of a retelling of that classic uh dickens story a christmas carol um and we we get this one started off uh, uh it's pretty funny they're doing like a like a fly-in a christmas tree it's at the uh I, I, the North Pole, right? Santa's workshop is there, and then like all these like armed militant people are like coming in, and uh, it's it's this whole thing. Lee Majors is there, who's like the was it the six million dollar man? Is that who Lee Majors? Six was? million dollar man. <laughs> That's right, and it is Santa's under attack, and it's the night that the reindeer died. Uh, it's it's pretty funny, um, and it kind of pulls back, and we're in this television studio, and you have like all these like executives uh, sitting around a table with Frank Cross, who's played by Bill Murray. Uh, kind of sitting at the head of the table and they're just looking at this thing and talking about all these uh, Christmas uh, specials, I guess, that they're going to be putting on over the uh, holiday season. Right. And they're all ridiculous. Like Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas, like he's singing silver (laughs) bells on a swamp and there's an alligator following him. Um, There's a lot. First of all, I I should preface this. This is probably my favorite uh, Christmas comedy of all time. So I could talk about this movie for longer than it probably is because it's not a super long film so we're uh i'm gonna try and and keep my my comments to a to a brief minimum but yeah the first couple of uh minutes really help establish frank cross as this curmudgeon guy right so he is 
going through these this lineup of Christmas movies and Christmas uh, programs that they're trying to put together. And the big crowning jewel in the IBC crown is mm-hmm. this live version of Scrooged, right? And it's being filmed in like, it's being filmed in New York, but it's coming to you from satellite from like 30 other places like Helsinki, the Great Barrier Reef, <laughs> I- Ireland, Israel, I, Jerusalem. I was, like I was going to say, yeah, like, like, the, like the narrators in Germany and they're like doing stuff in like Moscow and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all, over the, all over the world. This place is taken. Uh, this thing's going to be happening and it, it's supposed to go on christmas eve uh but frank cross he's he's not that interested in it he's like that looks boring no one likes that uh show me the footage for my version of scrooge uh and and it's pretty great it's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh retelling of scrooge uh it's pretty fantastic uh they have to be scared to miss it he says michaela they have to be so scared to miss it so terrified and so he kind of goes around the executive's backs and uh, creates his own commercial, which has beautiful renderings of things like acid rain and drug addiction <laughs> and yeah. international terrorism, right? And they're like, now is the entire time more than ever to realize the true meaning of Christmas. Join yeah. us for Ebenezer Scrooge, mortal classic. You know, it's just really uh, not, not warm and fuzzy. It doesn't have uh, any... <laughs> any mention really any any scenes from any of the stuff that's actually about scrooge so people leave the executive room in a panic they're like sweaty and nasty and um he's saying you know this is going to be great it's going to be awesome i don't see any problem uh but one brave soul right Mm -hmm. one brave soul goes to him and says hey man i think this you're going to frighten people this is not this is not a very good commercial Uh, i don't like it and I don't think you should play it. And that is Eddie at Loudermilk played beautifully uh, by Bobcat, which is like the best name ever. Yeah. Uh, he's like a like a zany comedian. He has a really like weird and obnoxious voice. Uh, and sometimes uh, it gets to be a little bit too much for me. Uh, but this one, I think, has kind of the, the right dosage for him because you really don't uh, get to spend too much time with him. We meet him here at the beginning of the film, um, and then he's going to turn back up later in the film because Frank fires him, you know, for questioning. How dare he question Frank uh, about his crazy Scrooge apocalypse movie? Uh, so he fires, he fires Elliot, uh, and then he goes to like his personal assistant, I guess, uh, whose name is Grace. She's awesome, uh, but she has like a like a Christmas picture, like little hand drawn thing that her kid had drawn. Uh, up on like the wall of her cubicle and Frank's like what is this picture it's terrible and he just like wads it up and throws it away Frank not a nice guy uh his brother his brother comes by uh wants him to go to the Christmas party uh you know he doesn't want to do that because Frank is a curmudgeonly uh curmudgeonly dude uh but probably my favorite part is right after this scene he's walking through like the halls with his boss like the station head and he's like I the the up-and-coming demographic for television, cats and dogs. We need programming for cats and dogs. Uh, you know, get some get some like mice in the show so that way cats have something to look at. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's really funny because uh, his boss, his so he is the president basically of television programming at IBC, and his boss is like, hey let's do programming for cats. And he's like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And then as soon as the, as soon as they're, he leaves on the elevator, he's like, oh my gosh, that guy, we've got to, we've got to figure out, you know, I wish I could fire that guy because he's horrible. (laughs) So 
he gets into it with Grace again. You know, they go through and they're looking at their Christmas list and it's a giant list, right? When you're an executive like that, you get to spend a little bit of money of the company's money and send uh, things to people. And, you know, Frank won't even send nice gifts to his brother, right? He's, he's like, I'll give him mm-hmm. a towel that says IBC on it. Who wants a towel? <laughs> it's horrible. Oh. But he tells Grace, you know, she's getting a new, a new, nice new bonus this year. She's getting a towel and a face cloth. It's amazing. And he is just doesn't see that there's anything wrong with this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. So yeah. And what's even more ridiculous is he was just mean to everyone, basically, <laughs> basically. And then the and then the next scene, he's accepting an award for humanitarian of the year, uh, which is also just uh, kind of spectacular. And how do you celebrate uh, winning humanitarian of the year? But it's to have some tab and vodka. So he's back at the office. He's opening up. He has like this wet bar in his office. And it's like the size of like a giant like Ikea, um, like clothes wardrobe uh, that he's, it's just chock full of you know, tab and vodka. So yeah, it's amazing, but then it can be walled off. So it looks like it's just a piece of the wall. It's awesome. When I'm ever an executive, that's what I want. (laughs) I want a place where I can hide my alcoholism. That's what I want, (laughs) but it's amazing. So he's drinking this drink. He's hanging out uh, in his office. It's late at night and he starts to hear some weird rumblings. And then he's like this, I love it. Cause he's like, this office is closed. This whole wing is closed. This, this floor is closed. What are you doing? And it ends up like the doors blow open and in walks this nasty looking dead guy, which oh, yeah. is Lou Hayward, his old boss, who <laughs> Lou was his best friend. <laughs> and he'd been dead seven years. Uh, very, very much the Jacob Marley character from the original uh, mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. And he is trying to talk some sense into Frank it's a great exchange because he's like, look, I, I, I was, I thought I was great. I thought I knew what I was doing, but mankind mm-hmm. should have been my business. It's not too late for you, Frank. You've got, th- you know, three chances. You're going to be visited by three ghosts. And of course, Frank is like, man, <laughs> you're not a, <laughs> you're not a worm feast. You're a hallucination brought in by bad vodka that was poisoned by Chernobyl. That's what this is. It's just a hallucination. And he's so sure that it's not real. Um, that uh, at the end of this whole exchange, right? He, Lou Hayward's character for almost, you know, threatens to throw him out of the, off of the building. Mm-hmm. He ends up kind of falling back into his chair. And the best part though, is at the end, the phone mysteriously dials a number. And it's a number that uh, it's a girl, Claire. We don't know who she is yet, but he mm-hmm. uh, leaves her a very passionate, very uh, panicked, very panicked message. And mm-hmm. he's like, I sure, know it's yeah. been, I don't know, 15 years since we've talked, but I really should talk to you right now. Please call me at any time. Yeah. Yeah, and so but- we were like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's right. So if Lou Hayward comes and visits you uh, from the grave, you would definitely be panicked and want to call your ex-flame Claire too. Uh, Lou Hayward had a t- heart attack on the golf course. So he comes in, he's like pulling like a like a golf bag, like on one of those pool carts. He's got like all of his golf clothes on, uh, but he looks so gross. Uh, he's all like dusty and like 
I don't know, like skeleton, skeleton looking stuff. Yeah. There, there is a mouse that comes out of the back of his head, uh, which is super disgusting. It's a mouse and he has like a golf ball in there. Um, yeah, it's super gross. We talked about it kind of, uh, at the top, but yeah, he's holding him out the window and like, um, you know, Frank starts like ripping like his arm off and like all of like the tendons and stuff are, are breaking off of it. So, so yeah, Lou Hayward, not good. Gives him the heads up that some, you know, spirits are going to be coming to pay him a visit, but he wakes up after making this phone call and he thinks he probably just dreamt it. Right. He, he thinks this was all in his head. Uh, so he's trying to go about his business. Totally. He goes, to, he goes to lunch with his boss and this other guy uh, that showed up and is threatening his job. And uh, Frank is Rice Cummings. Yeah. He's, he's now at the, at the beginnings of his mental breakdown. Um, and I really like kind of this angle on the, uh, Christmas Carol story, right? Like if, if, you know, some guy that died seven years ago just turns up and a mouse pops out of his head and he holds you out of the high rise window, uh, what are, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to think it's a hallucination and you're going to think that you're having a mental breakdown and you're going to start freaking out about everything. Uh, he looks at his watch. It's like 2 PM. That's when the first spirit's supposed to show up. Uh, he runs out of there. He's like, nope, can't handle this right now. And he gets into a taxi. And that's when we meet our first ghost, the ghost of Christmas past. That's right. And as a kid, I remember seeing this, right? And his teeth are disgusting. So I'm really glad this was nominated um, for best makeup because he's gross. He's like this old looking guy. He's smoking, but the smoke is coming out of his ears rather than his mouth. Mm -hmm. His teeth are like... They're like the Grinch's teeth where they're like, there's too many of them. There's like 457 (laughs) teeth in this dude's face. It's not cool. And they're all gross and black and like just nasty. Yeah, they're pretty bad. And the Ghost of Christmas Pass is played by David Johansson and he's awesome. So Uh, amazing. And of course, Frank is like, take me home. I don't believe any of this. And so, you know, this, this is a, uh, this is a very, very haunted taxi. It's from like the fifties. It's like this yellow checkered cab and it takes Mm -hmm. him through these dark alleys and it almost kills like hundreds of people in Manhattan when it's driving around, but it gets him home to a place that doesn't exist anymore. Cause Frank is like, I thought they tore this place down and they had, and he Mm -hmm. gets a kind of a lesson in what is about to happen. So at first Frank is like, I'm not going to go in and see my mom and cry. Like, I know you think that you know what you're doing, but that's not going to happen to me. And the ghost of Christmas past says, look, we're not watching anything live. It's like a rerun. You're not going to be able to change anything. You need to know Mm -hmm. that. But they walk in to his old house where he was probably like four years old. Uh, His mom is sitting there totally pregnant, totally smoking, having a drink as you do in 1955 before science and all of that. So she's like doing her, doing her crosswords, her husband Earl comes in and it's really great because Earl is played by Bill Murray, Bill Murray's older brother, Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of cool. He's there and he's covered in muck. He's like a uh, butcher. And so he's covered in like, he's got that butcher apron on and he, instead of giving poor Frank a choo-choo train, he gives him some veal and tells him that that's what he's getting and he should be grateful. And it's actually kind of sad because poor Frank didn't really have a chance (laughs) to believe in Christmas and Santa and all those great things because his dad's the ultimate curmudgeon 
yeah, his dad is the ultimate curmudgeon. And it's funny because Frank tries to play it off. He's like, he's like, man, that was like a super expensive cut of meat. So that I shouldn't have been sad about that. Why was I sad to get, get some meat, right? He's trying to play it off. Right. So so he sees his parents, of course, that makes him cry. His, his mom says something, you know, sweet to him but before she leaves. And, uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas past is like, you know, everyone thinks that they're not going to be affected by this, but it's, it's waterworks or waterfall every time and, and that, falls, Frankie <laughs> Angel. that's right so so yeah so that gets them started and then we're going to go skip ahead a little bit to 1968 at the office um and he is there with claire now claire uh is marion from indiana jones uh aka uh karen allen um she's awesome and that's the x flame so you go through and you're meeting or you're like spending time with them like you go through like how they met they like bumped into each other on the street and their relationships getting started they're having a lot of fun um you know really in love it seems like but you know sometimes your career gets in the way and that's exactly what happens when you're playing frisbee the dog and you get an invite to a dinner on christmas eve you have to blow off your girlfriend and your friends and go with the boss that's just how it works yeah i mean i guess that's how it worked for frank so he's watching this you know happen and it's really sad because you can see claire is heartbroken uh, and she's like well maybe we need to spend some time apart and he's like yeah you know i just don't think you understand how rough it's been and the thing about bill murray's character as frank cross is on one hand he's really a, just a jerk he's not a nice guy and on the other hand he he plays it off and he still can be really charming because you could tell he's like yeah i mean it's been really rough but you know i still care about you that's fine and but then they never get back together they just never get back together and 15 years pass and mm -hmm. and the ghost of christmas past you know gives frank a lot to think about because he says you left claire for frisbee the dog what the heck man that's that's a bad that was a bad move that was a bad choice and he was like no that's that wasn't it 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 gave me everything i have today and and so he kind of goes when he you know he's in this back in time moment and it eventually it he starts to have this diatribe by himself the soliloquy and then all of a sudden he he's screaming all of these things and he realizes he's no longer in 1968 or 1972 he's back on the original set of mm -hmm. the scrooge that they're doing you know rehearsals for this live show that's going on like tomorrow night or the next night right, right? so he's everyone's like what is going on and <laughs> Yeah, he Frank, always are you okay? And then this other guy from this this LA slime ball, that's what he calls him. His name's Bryce Cummings. He's totally in for Frank's job. And so he's like doing all the work that Frank would be doing because Frank is having like this existential crisis and they're all like running around him. And he's like, I'm going to go find Claire. I'm just going to go find her. <laughs> so, so he does. Yeah, that's right. So he does go visit Claire. He goes and visits her at like the, it's a nonprofit charity that she works at. And, uh, you know, at first he is, he is kind of, you know, wanting to rekindle that, you know, he wants to talk to her because he'd called and left her this panic message. She showed up at the set earlier and, uh, you know, he's, he's acting like a maniac because he just keeps waking up in, in the middle of the set. He has no idea what's going on. So he's, ta he's talking to her. Um, he wants her to go with him and she's like, yeah, I'll go with you. I just need to help them with this one thing for like one second. And he totally like loses his mind. He like blows up at her. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Frank being ridiculous. And and the only way to be less ridiculous for Frank is to meet our next spirit. And that spirit yes. is the ghost of Christmas present. Played by the amazing and beautifully talented Carol Kane. Now, right. Carol Kane is uh, 
This this is the one that looks most like a, a ghost, really a, a a lively ghost, right? She's mm-hmm. got uh, she's in like this pink party dress. She's covered in glitter. Um, she's got I, I, again, it's a nod to the makeup artistry because she's got like these little stars on her eyes and on her chest, and you have to look um, if you see the 4K version. Take a look at the uh, like uh, all around her. There are like little tiny stars that they've they've had painted on her. She looks mm-hmm. beautiful and she's got that really high pitched kind of childlike voice. And, um, you know, she's supposed to turn Frank's uh, eyes towards what's happening in other people's lives this very mm-hmm. night. And Frank doesn't like her, doesn't doesn't deal well with it. And so she um, basically kicks kicks the crap out of him for about 20 Hell, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Carol Kane really didn't like that part of the show, uh, but she does it really well because she just she is. <laughs> she, yeah. she does. Yeah, she does it really good. But yeah, she takes him over to Grace's house, you know, his uh, his personal assistant. So he kind of looks in, he sees her and all of her family and see, you know, the youngest son who's playing like the he's basically like the tiny Tim character of of the story. Right. He can't he can't speak. Um, so they go. He sees them. He goes. Then they go over to James, his brother's house and see, you know, the party. And, you know, it's that same old thing where he's, you know, James is defending his brother, even though his brother's a giant jerk and things like that. But yeah, so the ghost of Christmas present, she is totally beating him up. And the scene or like their section ends with her, like smacking him in the face with a toaster. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's tough. It ends in a really uh, tough way too, right? Because while he, Frank is visiting Claire, he's uh, she works at a homeless shelter because she's a beautiful, wonderful, kind person, right? And um, he goes to the shelter to see her and he's kind of accosted by people who um, we think probably are suffering from some sort of mental illness. They think that he's Richard Burton mm-hmm. and they yep. do ask him for some money. They're like, hey, uh, if you give me a little bit of money, I can stay here tonight. Cause the way I guess the homeless shelter works is it's very cheap, but you still have to pay something. And so mm-hmm. he's like, Oh no, man, there's a sucker inside. I'm not giving you anything. Right. Well, at the end of uh, his time with the ghost of Christmas present, he ends up getting hit by a toaster and <laughs> falling to the ground. And when he gets up, he's no longer in the house of mm-hmm. uh uh, Grace and their family of six, right? He instead is in this weird, uh, cold, like area that's underneath the ground in Manhattan. And I love mm-hmm. it because he immediately is like, oh my gosh, I'm in Trump Tower. Um, so I guess he <laughs> knew more than we did even then. But um, yeah. he he's in this like dank, cold place. There's tons of like icicles formed everywhere. It's really cold. And mm-hmm. then he notices that that same gentleman uh, is there and he's got like a little Christmas tree and he's holding onto a watch and he has frozen to death. And it's actually, to me, the most, the second most serious part to this whole show, because he's looking mm-hmm. at him and he's like, wait a minute, you know, why didn't you stay at Claire's? Why didn't you stay with Claire? He's really angry. And then you realize he's really angry with himself. And he's like, I should have given you that money. I should have given you the $2. It was nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then he ends up finding himself once again, screaming these things on this set where everyone has now fully convinced that Frank is su- suffering a major breakdown. Um, right. Yeah. They're, they're within like two hours of going live on this show Everyone is, you know, 
holding on to him with kind of kick gloves. Grace is there with her son and her daughter. And they're like, Mr. Cross, let's take you back upstairs. Let's take you to your office. Maybe you can like watch from your office. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can, we can hide you away until this thing is over because you apparently are not well. So, not well. so, so yeah. So he is going back up to his office. Um, it's pretty funny because everyone knows. Uh, that the ghost of Christmas future is the one coming up next. So he goes over to get on the elevator to go up to his office. And then, you know, you have like the, uh, the grim reaper is there, but it's just the one for the, you know, for the show. So that's, that's pretty funny. He gets up to his office, uh, has another tab and vodka. And this is, this is the best one, right? Because the glass is like nine tenths full of vodka. And then he's like his hands shaking and he sprinkles in like three drops of uh, tab <laughs> on top of it. And so he, he like, he like kind of slumps down onto like his couch or at his desk or something like that. Um, and you just see like this big giant, like skeleton arm, like reaching out towards him. Uh, it looks amazing. That arm looks like it was freaking huge, like 20 feet long or something, just like this gigantic yeah. arm. But right before, you know, the hand, the hand of death can grab his shoulder, the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, that's when, uh, you know, Elliot, Elliot is Loudermilk. <laughs> as he's going to bust back in with the shotgun. Uh, he's a little angry that he got fired. He lost his job. His wife left him. Uh, he's homeless now, like in the course of like, I don't know, like four hours or something. Uh, so he's having a bad time <laughs> yeah. and he's coming to get his uh, retribution against Frank. Right. Yeah. And, you know, not a terrible, not a terrible guy because Bill Murray, at least, you know, Frank crosses, asks him, he says, can I get at least a head start? And he's like, sure, why not? 1,002, 1,003, you know, <laughs> just, but he's got this giant gun and he's like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Come here, rabbit, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, it's actually not, uh, you know, it, it's not funny because he destroys a bunch of property and you really are a little worried that maybe Frank isn't going to get to meet the third ghost, but he makes yeah. his way into an elevator shaft and that's when he meets this ghost. Now, at first he thinks that it is the character that plays the ghost of Christmas future in the show. And so he's mm -hmm. like, well, wait, why aren't you on set? You know, back off, man, you need to, cause he's like kind of huge and kind of oppressive in this elevator shaft. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes that uh, this is the real ghost of Christmas future. And this one's really cool because he's got this, you know, horrible like cloak and then, but his face is like, a skeleton but it's a tv skeleton and mm -hmm. so it looks like frank and every scene like everything that frank gets exposed to shows how his face is turning more and more like a skeleton which i thought was a really cool effect mm -hmm. and so he gets to see um what his lack of caring uh ends up doing to the people around him so he goes and sees that grace his uh admin assistant you know, his son never gets better. He never learns to talk and that something horrible happens. And now he's in some sort of insane asylum padded room. Asylum, yeah, really yeah. Creepy. And and he's like, oh, no, I can fix that. Like, I, I got that. Don't worry about that. I can fix that. And then uh, he goes and actually comes face to face with Claire, who 20 years later has become this cold hearted, awful person who doesn't like homeless people anymore and doesn't care mm -hmm. about homeless children that are asking her for money. And, and she tells all of her friends at this brunch that it's all because her friend Frank finally told her the truth and she finally believed him. And, and Frank is heartbroken because he doesn't think that that, you know, he didn't realize or 
you know, that his effect would actually do that to Claire. And so mm-hmm. he's starting to say, well, you know, I, I can fix things. When I get back, I, I can fix this. I can fix this. And the last scene, of course, is he's going to this really dark room with like a furnace and his sister-in-law's there. And so at first he thinks his brother's dead and then mm-hmm. his brother shows up and he's like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. That's right. Who's in that box? (laughs) Yeah. And as it turns out, Frank is inside of the box. Um, It's, it's super creepy. And if you're claustrophobic at all, that's not going to go well for you watching the scene. Uh, You'll see the fire like kick in like down at his feet because Frank's about to be cremated Uh, and it's bad. Uh, It looks scary. It looks, I mean, it looks really great, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely, it's very, very dark. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, and that's how his visit the goes of Christmas future ends and that's enough to you know get anyone in a tizzy for sure but wakes wakes up and you know back in his office uh, but you know problems aren't all gone because right. you know Elliot's still there with the shotgun ready to uh, right in his face. to uh, take him out yeah yeah so it's great because when he realized he's alive he's like I'm alive and so are you and he's like wait a minute you know, Elliot Loudermilk is like, I'm looking for a Frank Xavier Cross. Has something happened to you? And and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's happened to me, but I we didn't miss it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to double your salary. I'm going to, you know, put you in an office up here. Do you like my office? And of course, Elliot says no, because Elliot is an honest person. And he's like, I love it. Okay, <laughs> but you got to take a shower, dude, because you're, you stink. Um, and here's what we're going to do. There's still time. We didn't miss it. It's still Christmas Eve. They're still in the middle of this live Christmas show, right? Yeah. He's like, I, here's what I need you to do. So in perfect, amazing, you know, cinemagraphic fashion, Elliot goes to like the actual blue room or the green room, whatever that room is called, where they're actually um, going live and you have the director queuing where cameras are supposed to go and stuff, right? And Elliot is there with his gun and he's like, we're going to hold and stay on live, you know, don't change anything. And then Frank goes down and kind of interrupts the entire show uh, to talk about how, you know, we should all think about the real meaning of Christmas and mm-hmm. how he's changed. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think Richard Donner was just like, all right, Bill Murray, just go out there and <laughs> talk for 15 minutes about how, <laughs> how Christmas has changed you because uh, it's very much just Bill Murray just going on like this uh, super long rant <laughs> about all the things that he learned, uh, which is, which is pretty fantastic. But, but yeah, I mean, he gets Elliot's job back. Um, I mean, the rest of the people at the TV studio might have not been so willing to give Elliot his job back because he does like go into the control room with his shotgun and like holds everyone hostage to make sure that they don't uh, turn the uh, turn the video off. But uh, but yeah, so that is the the end of the tale of the of the Christmas story bit about Scrooge. All things all things are good, and then at you know at the end uh, he picks up Grace's son because you know. He's not, he's not been able to talk, but now I guess with the magic of Christmas, you know, the joy in Frank's heart, his, his once cold heart that has now turned warm, uh, Grace's son is now able to, able to talk, right? God bless us, everyone, uh, which is nice. So, and, and that ends the Christmas tale. Uh, Claire's there. Uh, she forgives them. Hopefully they get back together. Hopefully, I, Frank's definitely going to lose his job for sure, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, happy ending, I think. Well, happy you think happy-ish. Is, but then... Yeah, yeah, you think you think he might, but then the the leader, uh, his boss is still watching it, and they're you know they start singing Christmas carols and there's music and it's like ah oh, maybe it's not man you know maybe 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 he'll be all right, that's, but that's... Uh, 
That's right. And to and to end the broadcast, put a little love in your heart. So you get Annie Lennox and Al Green doing the uh, the version of "Put a Little Love in Your Heart," uh, which is very nice indeed. And yeah, that's that's how you would want your own Christmas movie TV show to end with a little love in your heart. Put a little love in your heart. And they all sing it. Everybody on set sings it. Uh, it's great. In fact, Frank looks over and on, t- you know, flying above the set are the ghosts, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You even got the scary ghost of Christmas future. Who's really terrifying. Like the insides of him, all the ghosts inside him are like all Christmas out now. And they've got like wreaths and <laughs> yeah. tinsel and, and his friend, uh, the homeless, the homeless gentleman who ended up passing. Oh yeah. Herman. Uh, yeah. He, he ends up Herman. He ends up becoming an angel and he, and the ghosts of Christmas past are like flying around uh, holding hands and, yeah. And uh, of course, Lou Hayward is there and kind of gives him the thumbs up. And Frank uh, says, whoosh, you know, thanks so much. I'm glad I that didn't turn into me. And that's yeah. it, all, it all. It all ends great. It all, it all ends great. Um, now, Bill Murray being Bill Murray, like even when he's delivering this monologue, I still felt like he was probably very skeptical of what happened. But but that's how the story goes. And that's that's how Bill Murray is. So, Michaela, you you love Scrooge. This is this is one of your Christmas faves. So tell everyone yes. about it. This came out in 1988. Uh, when when did you see Scrooge, and when did you fall in love with it? Um, and where does it where does it uh, sit in your in your uh, annual Christmas traditions? Um, so Scrooge is probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> um, I think I saw it in the mid 90s. I am a huge Bill Murray fan, right? We've done a, we've covered a lot of Bill Murray films uh, mm-hmm. over the course of Drink the Movies history, but. Um, this is my favorite because it's it's not really, it's not not for kids, right? It's it's a great take. I think it's so inspired the way they took and modernized the Christmas Carol. Um, I really love and that it still stands up for the most part to the test of time today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple of pro, you know couple of problematic scenes where you're like, I don't know how that works. And of course, if you don't know what a VCR is, you're not going to understand. Uh, all the uh, VCR versus towel gift kind of uh, vignettes mm-hmm. that happen, but the end always gets me. I cry every time. Uh, you know, I truly believe that Bill Murray. Uh, you know, he, he he. Well, we know that he was told, "Hey, do whatever you want." So half the film is him ad libbing, right? And at the mm-hmm. end, when he gets tears in his eyes and he's like, "There are people trying," you know, that are having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat, and you know, Christmas is the time where we laugh a little louder and we smile a little wider. And for one night of the whole year, we're the people that we always thought we could be, and it really is a miracle because it happens every Christmas Eve. It's my favorite line. I love it so much, and I cry every time. I, I think it's just a really great film. I think if you like Bill Murray's humor, if you don't like Bill Murray's humor, this is not for you, and you won't mm-hmm. like it. But you probably know that uh, already. So um, I just, I just think it's a great version of it, and I think it's got some great lines that you know the cast is just impeccable. Alfrey Woodward, wherever you are, honey, you're amazing. <laughs> and I love how she breaks into song at the end with "Put a little love in your heart." It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this one is pretty good. So I would have watched it. Um, I don't know for sure the year I would have watched it, like on, like on VHS. Um, you know, back as like a movie rental sometime around Christmas. Um, and yeah, this one's pretty good. Like you said, if 
if you like Bill Murray, then you're probably going to like this. If you don't like Bill Murray, then you're probably not going to like this because it's just a lot of Bill Murray acting like Bill Murray. But yeah, it's really funny. It's really dark. And I, I do enjoy like dark, like, uh, like Christmas tales. So I like, like this, I like, like bad Santa. I like stuff like that. That's kind of a different take on these Holly Jolly, uh, Christmas tales for sure. And I like that. It's kind of a clever, uh, take on the, you know, that classic Dickens story, because we have like, I don't know, like a thousand different versions of a Christmas Carol. So to see something uh, a little more, a little more different and a little more dark because it is kind of a dark story. If you really think about it, uh, these ghosts coming in, but yeah, this one's a fun one for Christmas. So you probably watch this every year at least once or twice over the, the Christmas season. Um, I've, I've not watched this in a few years, probably it's not on uh, on constant rotation, but I will say that I had to, I had to get this. So my options were to rent it or to buy it, but I did buy it. So that way, if I want to uh, watch Scrooge going forward, I can, I can do that. So I have the download of that there. So yeah, uh, Michaela, this one's pretty fun. And I think it was a good, a good uh, kind of segue. We went from a TV movie to a dark comedy. And the next week we're going to go to an all time Christmas classic. Uh, that one's not a dark comedy. That is as Christmassy as Christmas can get. That's true. That's true for sure. Um, you know, I think this month we really tried to get a good kind of spectrum of Christmas films. Uh, I purposely did not do this last year because I didn't, I want, I didn't want to, uh, spoil it by doing it when we were first <laughs> learning how to podcast. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited about, uh, this cocktail with this film. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should give it a shot. It's worth your time to see it at w- once. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it at least one more time, uh, this season, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. That's right. Next, and with, next uh, week though, next week is full on Christmas, everybody. Full, full okay. on Christmas. So, so get your, get your fancy tree, but, but yeah, with Ghostbusters coming back out, everyone has Bill Murray on the mind. So definitely check this one out. So let us know at home if you have watched Scrooge or if you have a favorite version of a Christmas Carol. Um, or what your favorite Bill Murray film is, or if you try a You'll Love It, uh, let us know. We want to see pictures of all that stuff and you know, get your uh, feedback on how you like this one. So you can do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. Uh, you can see pictures of our You'll Love It, our, our Love It. You'll, you'll, you can get pictures of our cocktail on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And after you've whipped up a couple of these and, you know, went through and seen your past, present, and future um, in a Christmas sense, uh, you should head over to, you know, iTunes and leave us a podcast review. So, Michaela, where should they be uh, checking out the uh, pod? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. If you do like what you hear, uh, we are dropping episodes twice a week. So hit the subscribe button. And if you're loving it, leave us a five-star review. It helps us build the community and get more Drink the Movie stuff out there. That's right. And it it keeps us going, making cocktails, because, you know, just uh, just need a little... Uh little help getting the getting the cocktails out this time of year uh is that true not really um but yeah definitely do and we appreciate anyone that takes the time to do that so with that in mind michaela uh we have a little bit of cherry vodka left uh we have a whole case of diet cokes uh so i think what we better do is whip up another you'll love it and then dig into our next holiday movie i think that's a great idea You'll love it. You'll love it. All right. And we will talk to everyone next time on 
drink the movies. movies. Oh, Frank, let's not fight.